Amen. 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 Amanda, do you trust God? Let me hear you say it. Amen. Who's going to trust God with her? We don't need to just trust God by ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we need to get some people around us to say, we trust God. So let's go ahead with that. We trust God. We trust God. Amen. Praise God Almighty. Woo! Man, I love this. Thank you, God. Where two or three agree together in his name, he will be in the midst. And he is in our midst. Right, Brother Bruce? Praise God. Woo! If you ain't feeling this, your wood's wet. But since you're here, you keep hearing that fire up on you, it's going to burn before long. Amen. Today I'm going to talk about seeking God's will. Knowing God's will for your life. One of the biggest questions I get, even this past week, somebody came to me in my office as a pastor. I just need some, some wise counsel. I got something God, something God laid on my heart, and I just want to uh, ask you about it. And I want to present it to you and see what you think. And I said, okay, and we talked, and, and it was definitely something that I feel like God was doing, and God was blessing, so I'm excited about that. Now, before I get into that, I want to go back to something I talked about last week. Last week, we realized that, that, that last weekend was Rosh Hashanah, right? It was the head of the year in the Jewish calendar of 5784, which means, com which means grace, completion, new beginnings. And then we learned that four, the new calendar year for the Hebrews means uh, uh, new beginnings, not new beginnings. What was it? Four, eight is new beginnings. Open doors. Coming out with some telephone message last week. Woo, okay. See, look, I, I tell you, man, you're getting old. I just had my birthday last week. Look, already working on me already. One week, I don't forgot to tell my message last week. Now, four means open doors. So in Hebrew calendar, this is the year of open doors. Okay? And I, we talked about it. Well, why do we want to celebrate, um, you know, the feast, you know, the, the Lord's feast? And we talked about that, hey... Jesus was Jewish. We want to know all about him. We want him to do miracles. We want him to bless us. We want his presence. But we don't want to understand what he celebrated. Well, we don't have a problem celebrating Passover, which is Easter, do we? Then why aren't we at least understanding of the rest of the feast? And so it's really important that we understand. We don't have to do it. If you want to be a part and you want to kind of celebrate in your own way, that's fine too. We're Christians. We don't have to do that. But as Christians, we are grafted in to, 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 with the Jews, right? So we are part of, of, of that legacy. And so the thing is, is that the head of the year, it's so funny, Friday night when we watched The Chosen, it was the head of the year. It was Rosh Hashanah. They were celebrating Rosh Hashanah. And Jesus, and I got it right here in my notes before Friday night, and, it, and um, Jesus took some apples and he dipped in some honey and, and, and said the sweetness of the new year and ate it. And that's right here in my message that in the new year, turn me down just a little bit, please, um, or in, where I'm at, um, that it says that, that it signifies the sweetness of the new year. And then beginning today, actually tomorrow, is Yom Kippur. And we need to know that because Yom Kippur was the one day that all the priests would go to the, to, to the holies of holies and, and make that sacrifice outside and, and sacrifice um, a lamb or what have you for all the sins of Israel. And they would go every year at Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, it's the holiest day in Israel. I was in Israel last year at Yom Kippur, and you couldn't even, you couldn't even drive a car. 
We had to walk from the hotel every, to where we went. And it was like two miles just to get down the road outside of the hotel. So we rode and it was really hot and stuff. Hopefully this year it's not going to be that hot here coming up. But the thing is, is that Yom Kippur is the holiest day. Now, why do we need to know that? Because now, because Christ died on the cross, he is the sacrifice. We don't need to go into the holies of holies once a year or into and, and sacrifice and do like they did. Because Christ was a one-time sacrifice. His blood don't coagulate. His blood is pure forever. So therefore, we don't need that. So, but we need to recognize and remember that, that Christ died for our sins. Um, and so we're excited about that. And um, then now starting up, coming up in five days, on Friday starts Sukkot. And Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, you might have heard it. And that is a commemoration of the 40 years that the Israelites um, spent in wandering around in the desert. And so they lived in little huts and little, little areas. And so, so now what do they do at Sukkot? It's, it's an exciting, it's, and they are commanded to be joyful during this time. It's a command to be joyful because God delivered them out of their, their, their wandering and put them in, into rest. And it's, they celebrated the protection and provision in the wilderness. So they all in Israel, it was so cool last year when we were there. You get to see everywhere you go on people's balconies, in their backyards, on, on the porches. They would make these little tents and they would hang fruit down showing that for, for the provision, you know, stuff like that. So it's really cool when they go and they eat at least one meal a day in there. Some people sleep in those little, um, they call them sukkahs as a tent, sukkah tent. And so they would eat there, sleep there, remembering that, the, all the wilderness, the, the protection and provision out of that. So why would we need to think about that? Because you know what? We are in our wilderness right now. And God has protected us and provided for us. And we're getting ready, hopefully very soon, to get out of this wilderness and go into rest in Christ Jesus with him forever. So it all, for, it all has to do with us. You know, and we need to understand these things. Now, this is the seventh one of the feast, or seven feasts. And they start with Passover and go all the way through Pentecost, Shavuot, all the way down here to the, the Feast of Tabernacles on Friday. And that happens for seven days. And so, so, and now there won't be no more feasts until, um, until it comes up in, you know, at Passover and Easter. And so we need to know these things because we're, when you're reading the Bible, it talks about these things. If you read Leviticus, it tells you all about the feasts. There's several good books out there about feasts as well. And we just need to know about them so we can understand what they are and know what Jesus did. Just like I said, Friday night, the Saturday night is, is Shabbat. That is, that is the Sabbath day um, that Jesus would have worshiped. doesn't matter when you were, when, when you had your your Sabbath, as long as you have a Sabbath, right? And so we're excited about that. So now, getting to my message. <clears throat> I wanted to share that with you. I wanted to teach you those because at Kingdom Impact, we are all about learning the Bible through the Hebraic roots, the way Jesus would have learned it, because those things are important to that. So I want to talk to you today about learning God's will. How many times have you ever asked, does God even have a plan for me? You know, God, what's my blueprint? You, have you got a blueprint or anything to show me? You know? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what to do from here, where to go from here. And Lord, you told me about a plan, but why is it taking so long? Hey, God, you know, am I good? <laughs> Are we good? You know, I'm not hearing nothing, right? You know, God's will is his purpose and his plan and his desire for us in our life. And you want to find God's will for your life. But so many people are all about their own will. You know, what scripture says, not my will, but your will be done, God. But we go around and we want God's will as long as it aligns with what is easy and comfortable for us. We don't want God's will when it's outside of our comfort zone. We don't want God's will when it causes us a little bit of pain and contentment and strife and anguish. We want God's, we want God's will, but we want it at, on our terms. 
So we say, God, why do I exist? Am I just going to hang out till you come back? Is that all I'm supposed to do? But no, God has a plan and a will for every one of you in this room. So, and you may ask, well, God, then there's all these bad, if, if, if I'm in your will, why is this bad stuff happening to me right now? If, if I'm in your will or I'm supposed to be in your will, why am I going through this hard time? Well, Romans 8, 28, we all know, says that we know that God causes everything to work out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You were a Christian. You were called according to his purpose. So he's going to take all the bad things and work them out for your good. You've heard, you've heard the, the illustration that God takes. Nobody wants to just eat a bunch of eggs. Nobody wants to eat a bunch of, a, a bunch of flour. Nobody wants to eat just a bunch of sugar. But you put it all together, it makes a good cake, right? And so that's how God make, works it all together for our good. It, God's will is a path and a journey. Okay? It's a path and a journey. Can we make sure that we're in God's will? Yes. Can we be sure what his will is? No, probably not. Not all the time. Okay? You know, why, well, why, if I know, if I can know I'm in his will, but I don't know what all his will is, why? Well, because we don't know the end game. See, I was called to preach back in 2000, right? Well, probably before that, but I accepted the call to preach in 2000. And I was a youth pastor for 18 years. I was in his will. Right? But, all of a sudden, now I'm a pastor for the last eight years. So therefore, I was in his will, but there was more of his will to be done. It was another level, a different level of it. So, so sometimes we look at God's will. It's like, this is your will. This is where I'm always going to be. No, there's levels of God's will, okay? And, 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 it, and it, it goes deeper than what you think. And if you want to be in God's will, how many people want to be in God's will? Amen. Okay. Then, then you are. You are. Whoa, 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 Pastor. What are you talking about? If you want to be in God's will, and you're saying, God, I want to follow you. I love you. I want to be in your will. Because if you want to be in God's will, that means there's some kind of depth to your spiritual walk. If you want to be in God's will, God's not going to say, hey, I know you love me. You're serving me. You're doing the best you can. You want to know my will, but best of luck to you finding that. No, he's going to make, he's going to make sure that you are in his will. And he's going to be leading God to you. So if you want to know God's will, you're probably in his will right now, walking it out. Now, you may take a little path to the left or to the right, and he needs to come bring you back into his will at times. But if you really want to be in God's will, the chances are, and you have a desire, God's not going to say, well, you got to figure that out. No, you're going to pray, seek God, and as you're doing that, you're in his will. It's not, it's not the fact, because I just didn't become a pastor. I had to be a youth pastor. I didn't have to be a youth pastor. That's how the, the will God had. But before that, I had to go to class. And I had to study. And before that, I had to accept the call. And so all that was a pathway to get where God has me today. But I was in his will even back before I was called, whenever I was talking one-on-one -on -one to people and encouraging them and loving on them. I was when I, had, when I had some of my friends that were doing things they shouldn't do, I was witnessing to them. I was in God's will. See, I was in God's will the whole time. He was preparing me for this because I wanted his will for my life. Every day we make decisions about God's will. Every day you make decisions about God's will for your life. Some are in God's will and are working towards that, and sometimes we take a step off of the path. But by prayer, supplication, and reading the word, we'll realize that, you know what, maybe I need to step back over here in, in this lane over here. That's why we need to pray and know the book. Know the Bible, and, and, and when you go, and I'm going to Israel on the 7th to the 21st of October, and they call this the book over there. This is the book, the book. 
And so, they, they, but you got to pray. They all the time know the book, read the book, pray, pray the book. And we need to pray and read God. I'm telling you, it's so cliche and everybody throws it around. But if you don't pray and you don't read the Bible, you're not going to be a Christian. It's just not going to happen. This is the basic instructions before leaving earth, right? This right here is, is everything. You want to know God's will? Here it is. This is God's will. You read it, you will find God's will. Even though you're, you're saying, I want to be in it, well, you're in it. But to find the completion of God's will, then here, you got to read this book. you got to pray. How do, we, how do we become in God's will? We seek ye first the kingdom of God. For forever, I was trying to understand, well, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I would quote it, but I'm like, I, didn't, I don't know how to do that. So let me help you if you're in that, in that boat right there today. You're like, I want to seek God's kingdom first, but how do I do that? Well, the very first thing is you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you pray. And you read. And that's the first step of seeking first the kingdom of God. You're coming to God first. You're saying, God, forgive me. I want, I want to know your word. I want to pray and have a relationship with you. Number two, you seek righteousness and strive for a righteous moral life. You try to live morally um, and practice and practice virtues such as love, compassion, forgiveness, and humility. I was talking to somebody on the phone this week, and they were talking about this very thing about sin and this. And I, and, you know, I said, you want you got to live this. You got a desire to live a moral life. You know, script Paul says, but just because you've forgiven me, does that mean that I don't have to worry about sinning no more? No, no, you can't. Don't keep sinning just because you're saved. You, there's a, you, you continue to grow and you continue to mature. The more you mature in God's word and, God, and, and working with God and, and God working through you, then the more moral, moral your life becomes. The more decisions you make, you, you'll get so, you, once you really start to get mature in God, you'll start living so moral in some areas that you'll give up stuff that's not even sin just because you want to be closer to God. You'll say, God, I, I can do that. It's not a sin, but you know what? I'll, I just, I'd rather not, just in honor of you. And God, God honors that. Okay, then, and number three, cultivate a life and spirit of surrender of your own will and your own ego. Not my will, but your will be done. You got to get rid of your, if you're going to be in God's will, you got to let go of the ego, of the ego. Let go of my ego, right? But you got to let go of your own ego. You know, what does ego mean? E-G-O, edging God out. I'm just a little above God. I'm just a little, just edging him out. Just edge, I'm just right in front of you. And we got to understand that, is that we got to let go of that. Not my, yes, here, my will is to do this. God, here's what I want. But your will be done. I often pray, God, here's what I want to happen. Here's, I'm praying, God, this is my prayer. And I pray a fervent, righteous man's prayer. But I try to always end with, but God, if, you, if that's not in your will, or that's not in your plan, I accept, I accept your way. God's okay with you telling him how you feel as long as if that's not what he wants then he can direct you over here. He's good with that. And then, number four, we got to submit to God's guidance and direction. We submit to God's guidance and direction. And when God guides and he leads, we can't say, no. I don't want to. You say, yes, sir. And we do. You, love, you learn to love and you learn to ser serve others. You learn it. And then you do it. If you're going to seek ye first the kingdom of God, you're going to be in God's will. You've got to serve, love, and serve God, and then you've got to do it. And then number six, um, you've got to um, be a part of a strong spiritual community for accountability and encouragement. God don't want no lone wolves. You know, we have a lot of people online. Thank you all, everybody, for watching. Your fa family, 
that, that some are out of town, some can't get, some go to some go to other churches and love to watch our services as well. Some people, you know, are shut-ins, and, and there's all kinds of reasons people can't get here, you know, and we appreciate that. But the thing is, is you're part of this, but we need to be part of a family of God where we can get together and serve one another, love one another, and you can feel what we felt in here this morning that you just can't feel through that television. And then lastly, number seven, trusting God's guidance and timing. you got to trust His timing. If you really want God's will to be done, sometimes we know what God's will is and we figure it out, but we want it to happen now, not later. And God's like, you got to have patience, son. You can't. You, you got to be careful. You ever, you ever tried to talk to your children and you were, you were doing something and there's a process to it and they wanted to hurry up and get to the end? And you're like, if you do that, it could be detrimental to you. Let's be careful. Let's not, let's not do that. If you're trying to get a fire and you're like, it won't start, and then your son's like, well, just throw gas on it. Well, that, that, that'll get the fire, but it'll burn you. All right. So there's 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 probably different more than this, maybe less than this. But but I got five types of God's will that I want to share with you. One is his predestined will. Well, Pastor, look, I don't believe in predestination. Well, do you not believe that it was predestined for Jesus to come and be born. All right. That was a pre his predestined will was for the very beginning of time. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. First John 1 John 1.1 says, you know, in the beginning was the word was the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh. We already know that it was predestined whenever Adam and Eve sinned. It was predestined at that moment. God's like, I got to send my son at some point to fix this. And then, so it was predestined for him to be born. And then it was predestined for him to be born. I mean, to, to die, right? He had to die. It was predestined for him to raise from the grave. Matthew 26 through 39 and 2639. My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but you will. It was predestined. He could not take that cup from him. He had to die. He had to be in the grave. The grave could not hold him because the grave was made for man, not for God. And the grave had to give him up, right? And so he came out of that grave. It was predestined for him to do that, predestined for him to go to heaven. That's more of what we understand. Um, another word for predestined, so it won't make you so uneasy, is um, the sovereignness of God, his will, the sovereign will of God. Stuff that's got to happen. It's going to happen. Regardless of whatever takes place, this has got to happen. Then you have a moral will. This is how we should live. God's moral will is for us to live, right? It was in, in, in the Torah, it was the Ten Commandments. Today, we, we live more by the two commandments. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's our moral will. That's our, our moral guideline, his will for us. And then there is a desired will. That's what he wants to do to you long term. That's his desire long-term to get out of you. That's not something that necessarily you're going to find out right now. It's, it's a desired will. It's, it, and this is what I'm, I'm planning. That's my plans laid out it, it, is that. And then you have the immediate will, and that's what God wants me to do today. The immediate will of God is, God, what, what do you want me to do today? Who can you put in my path today that I can run into to share Christ with? Who can you bless me with today that, that I can help and show some love and compassion to? And then the fifth one I have is his permissive will. That's when, you, we, when we are so stubborn, we won't listen to God. We tell him what we want, and he's like, okay, fine, big boy, go ahead and do that. Sometimes God allows us and has a permissive will for us to do so. That's why we have a free will, okay? Let's say permissive will or free will. We can choose to do what we want to. We can choose to, to do this, or we can choose to try to follow God. So, how the big question is, how do I know my will from thy will? 
right? What's the difference between my will and thy will? God, something that God is leading us to do that, that is helping us between what we have and what he has. Well, you know, you may have a good job offer. Or you may have a good person that you feel that could be your spouse. You may have a good door of opportunity. You know, there's all these things are good options for you. Okay, but the, the big question is, is that a good offer or is that a God offer, job offer? Is that a good, good spouse or is that your rib? If you're a man or a woman, that's your husband. You know, what is that? Is it a good, is it a good wife or a God wife, a good husband or a God husband? Is it a good opportunity or a God opportunity? And we have to seek these things out and decide. Sometimes we got to settle. I told somebody the other day, you got you can't settle for what is, is good when you're going to miss out on what is great. You can't miss, you can't, you can't settle for best, I mean, better when you can get best. And that's why we got to have discernment. We've got to seek God. We've got to pray. But just, just because something comes in your way and just because a door opens does not mean that's a door you're supposed to go through. And like I said last week, when I talked about open doors, sometimes the devil will open a door really wide and have it look beautiful in there for you. Come right through here. The good thing is, is when we walk through a door that the enemy's open, sometimes God will hold that door open and say, you can come back if you want to. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't got to stay there. You can come back. You know, you know, but when God, and then when God, when God opens a door, normally that door opens to another door. God's got a direction. It's not just open a door that here's everything. Sometimes there's another door, and then there's another door, and you're going through like a maze. You're going through this maze, and you open this door, and then you go through this door, kind of like watching John Wick, right? You're just going through all these crazy mirror mirror places. But let's talk about a few things that uh, um, about some God things here. And Moses in Exodus chapter three, in Exodus, in the beginning of the, of the Torah, three nine and ten. Look. The cry, this is Jesus talk, or God talking through the burning bush. What's so cool about this burning bush is it was on fire, but it was not consumed. It was still a beautiful green bush, but it was on fire, but it wasn't burning. You know, right there, you should know, hey, this is a big deal. <laughs> something, something, this is, has to be you, God, talking to me, right? But, he said, but, but God said, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Now, that is very, 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 very important. That first, that first part of the scripture that so many people look right over. It says, the cry of the people of Israel have reached me. That means their prayer reached God. A group of people got together and prayed and God heard and he answered. So don't, don't dismiss when we say, hey, guys, we're going to pray about this. When we pray together, it can reach and it will reach the throne of God and God can do something about it as long as it's in his will. And so we got to do that. So whenever we say, hey, we're going to pray about this, don't dismiss that. When you say, God, I'm going to pray, you pray sometimes, you don't feel nothing. You feel like, man, I'm just wasting my time. I'm, hitting, I'm praying, it's hitting the roof and bouncing back. I don't feel nothing, but that does not mean that God is not hearing. God does not move in how you feel. It's not about your feeling. It's not about your emotions. God, God, God says, when you pray, I'm going to hear you. I'm not going to say, oh, you got to be speaking in tongues before I hear you. Oh, you got to be shouting. You got to really be crying or you really don't mean this. 
All God says is you got a sincere heart, you got a burden, cast your cares on me, for I care for you. So number one, God things. God things or God's will requires you to move from your, from your past level of comfort. See, Moses was very comfortable in leading, leading, being a shepherd, leading the sheep, just like, just like David. David wasn't comfortable being king. He was like, I'm cool keeping the sheep right here. You want me to be king? Moses was like, I'm good being a shepherd. You want me to lead a million or two million people out of Egypt and go to Pharaoh and tell him? We got we to gotta get past that and trust God and say, God, I'll, I'm going to do what you want. And I'm gonna, it's going to be out of my comfort zone. And I understand that. I understand this is going to be out of my comfort zone, but I've got to trust you enough to, to move. So what did Moses do? He did what all of us would do. He freaked out. He's like, oh, no, 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 God, you, you got the wrong person. First off, is I'm not really sure about all this. You're burning in the bush. You're talking to me. Why are you talking to me? I don't understand why you're talking to me. But you are, and you chose me. I don't know why you chose me, because I'm nobody, I'm nothing. Right? And so he says, you know, he says, but you want me to go appear, appear before Pharaoh? I'm Moses. I'm just a shepherd, man. You're talking about going before Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. I can't do that. And God said, I'll be with you. But you don't understand. They won't believe me. That yeah, I can go and say, you know, let my people go, and and that that you know that you, you're gonna, I know you're going to be with me, but they're not going to see you. They're just going to see me. You know, they won't believe me. And he and he and he said, who do I tell them that sent me? You tell them that I am sent you. I am sent you. Well, they but they won't believe you. They won't believe me. And see, God has given him these instructions. God showed to him in the burning bush. He's talking to him. He's giving him instructions. And Moses still is insecure. He's still like, God, I can't do that. I can't do what you're asking me to do. So then God gave him three good signs. He had a big old staff, right? This big old wooden staff that he took with him that shepherds have. And, and what he did was he, um, he said, lay his staff down. He laid the staff down. The staff became, became a snake. It turned into a serpent. And then he said, now pick it up. Moses was like, oh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't mess with snakes. And he reached down and he grabbed that snake. And as soon as he grabbed a hold of the snake, it turned right back into a staff. And then he said, okay, but, but God, but, but, but God. He said, no, 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 hold up. He said, put your hand into your cloak. So he put, it, he put his hand into his cloak. He said, now pull it out. And he pulled it out and his hand was full of leprosy, which today probably would be something like cancer. And he had, he had his hand was full of leprosy. He's like, oh my gosh, I got, I got cancer, I got leprosy, I got, oh my gosh. And he's like, put your hand back in your cloak. He put his hand back in his cloak. He's going to pull it out, and it was clean like a baby's skin. And he said, now, when you go to Pharaoh, I want you to tell him, and if he says no, I want you to tell him that I'm going to turn water into blood, you know, and then he's like, okay, and so then I want you to get some, some water from the Nile River, and I want you to pour it on the ground. And I'm going to turn it into blood. So he got some water from the Nile River. He poured it on the ground and, the, and it turned to blood. And the whole Nile River turned to blood. So bad where they couldn't even drink the water. None of it. So at this point, I feel like that I'd be like, you just turned my, 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 my uh, staff into a snake. Leprosy. Well, I, yes, sir, God. I'll do whatever you ask me to do at this point. But Moses still was so insecure he pleaded with the Lord, Exodus 4.10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. Moses was a stutterer, if you didn't know that. I, have, I, have, um, I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, 
I get tongue-tied and I get my words entangled. And, and so then God says, who made your tongue? I created you. I am capable of doing whatever you ask me to do or whatever I want to do. I'm not worried about that. If I tell you to do something, I'm going to equip you. And then he goes on and says, hey, I'll send Aaron with you. Aaron will be your mouthpiece. You ain't even got to speak. You just stand there. I'll speak through him, but you're the man. But but God, but but God, but 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 God, right? He was stuttered like I do sometimes. You know, up here, boy, I, sometimes I'm watching back the videos and put something online, and I'm like, gosh, how mercy. I say um all the time, and I stutter real bad. And I'm trying to cut out my um so I don't say um, but it's just, it's, and the reason is, is because my mind moves so fast. My mind's already three or four sentences ahead, and I'm saying, um, which, which, where am I at now in my mind? <clears throat> Number two, God things require you to get your butts out of the way. Okay? No more excuses. Moses, he's, hey, Moses, I want you to go, but, but God, I, I, I don't really understand. But, but God, you know, who do I tell them sent me? But God, they won't believe me. But God, that's how we are. Hey, why don't you lead a lady's life group? But God, I'm not qualified. Why don't you pray for that person? But God, I'm not strong enough. But, you know, why don't you pay your tithes? But, God, I'm kind of a little on the lean side this month. Why don't you share your faith or testify to somebody? Well, God, I'm, I'm kind of insecure about that. I'm not really sure. Why don't you be faithful to your spouse? But, God, my side chick is really pretty. You know, you know, you go on and you go on. Why don't you take that step of faith and do what I ask you to do? But, God, but, God, but, God. You know, the, um, Matthew, Mark 10, 21 through 22 says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Listen how pitiful this is. At this, the man's face fell. He dropped his head. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. He was more concerned about his money than following God. God, I can follow you, but I give away all my money. But God was like, I own it all, bro. I got it all. I can give you that plus more. I just want you to give back what you think you have and what you own so I can give you what I want to give you, which is probably going to be a whole lot more than what you have. But he didn't see that far out. He was looking right now. I ain't giving up everything for you. Number three, God things require incredible amounts of trust and patience. You got to have patience when you're doing God's will. You've got to trust God impeccably, and you've got to have patience to know that maybe it might be today, may not be tomorrow, may not be this month. I don't know when it's going to be. Maybe next year. I don't know when you're going to do this, God. How are you going to do it? I know you're going to do it, and I'm going to sit right here and, main, and occupy until you tell me. He said, occupy until I come, right, Bruce? And so he said, occupy until I come, but until this happens, I'm going to continue to be busy until you show me your will. Exodus 4.20, so Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand, he carried the staff of God. So what did he do? He trusted God. He got his family. He moved them to Egypt and said, okay, we're going to go talk to Pharaoh. Moses clung tightly to that shepherd's staff because that resembled the presence of God and all the miracles that he had done in his presence to show him. That was his, that was his security blanket. Is really what that was. Now, we don't have a staff to walk around that God did this right here. But you know what we do have that we can hold on to our security blanket? It's right here. Our Bibles, this is, a, this is what we can hold on to and say, God, I trust you. I trust you. This is your word. 
This is your word. In here are those miracles. In here are signs and wonders. In here are all the promises of God. And I want to hold on to it. I just want to love on it. I just want it to be a part of what it is and what in, in that. I tell, I tell I, I, as parents, I think you need to let your kid get the little Bible we give it when you get whenever they get um, dedicated. Let them hold that Bible. I tell them in the nursery, let them hold the Bible and hug on the Bible. Let them let them understand the Bible's good. To love the Bible, care for the Bible. We got a little little. Stuff Jesus back there. Let them hold Jesus. Love Jesus. Kiss Jesus. Let them understand that at a young age, the importance of that. And when you feel uncertain and you need to stabilize, hold on to the word of God. He is for you. He's not against you. He wants your best. But we feel like we know more, don't we? So maybe you feel like God is leading you. God is leading you, um, but you're not sure if, if, if it's happened or not. Well, how do I understand? What are some questions I can find to understand if, if this has happened or not? Well, number one, have I given God enough time? Have I given him enough time to work this out? Number two, are my motives pure? Is this selfish? Or, or is this something that I'm getting ready to do that I feel like God's will be done? Does what, what I'm feeling like I'm supposed to do, does it align with the word of God? If I read the scripture, am I going to find something related to that in here where I can see some kind of instruction? Have a sought wise counsel. Have a talk to somebody. Have a talk to a pastor or, or a, a friend or a confidant or a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. That have I asked somebody about this, what they feel about that? Do I feel pushed or rushed? God will never push you or rush you. It's always time, taking time. It always is slow. It's always methodical. The devil will push you. The devil will rush you. The devil will say now, 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 because he's trying his best to make you commit something that you shouldn't commit and do it, make a decision you shouldn't make. Is this a wise decision? And then if I do this, what are the consequences? What, what, what are the consequences of, of, of this? Is, do I have peace about it? Am, am I at odds with myself or do I have peace with it? God's going to give you peace. God's going to give you peace about it. Some people don't read the Bible because it will expose their life. They don't want to read the Word of God because it's going to tell them, hey, what you're doing is not right. People don't want to pray, don't want to hear from God because God's going to say, hey, you need to be sanctified. People don't come to the church for the very same reason. Because they don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be called out. They don't want, they don't want the accountability of the pastor saying something because they feel like, hey, well, the pastor talked all about my life, my mom or my dad or my brother or my husband, my wife is, must have told pastor our whole story because he's talking all about me. I don't have a clue 99% of the time. And when I do have the clue the 1% of the time, I'm not, just because I know something about you, I'm not going to preach it to everybody to make a point to you. I'm going to come up here and preach God's word when it affects everybody. Now, what's going on with you can affect everybody. Well, that's a different story. So we got to surrender to God, to the God things in our life. Um, Luke 9, 23. Then Jesus said to them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me daily. Take up the cross and you come up now if you want to. Um, deny means um, aniomai. It means to reject, to deny, or to refuse. Until you reject your own will. And you truly say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And you're willing to crucify your flesh. Why do we want our will? Because it feels good. It pleases our flesh. We like for it to feel good on our flesh. We love how our flesh makes us feel. It's a natural thing. It's okay. All of us feel that way. We like the pleasure of our flesh. But Scripture says the, ple the pleasing of your flesh only lasts for a season. But God's will is for eternity. 
you reject the culture of today and move forward. In Psalms 143 and 10, David said, this is David talking to God, Lord, teach me to do your will. Teach me to do your will. He didn't say, teach me to say your will. He didn't say, teach me to understand your will. He didn't say, teach me to know your will. He didn't say, teach me to, to, to understand and let you disclose your will to me. He didn't say, reveal your, teach me to reveal your will. Teach me to manifest your will. He said, teach me to do your will. Sometimes you just got to trust God and begin doing and trust that what you're doing is what God asked you to do. And say, God, just teach me to do your will. I just want to do it. I, even if I don't understand it, I'm going to do it. Even if I don't, I don't understand the concept in my mind of why I'm doing it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do your will. There are no buttons or buzzers that's going to say, ding, 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 ding. You're in the will of God. I can tell a lot of you in this room, I can say, hey, I can tell Mike, Mike, you're in the will of God. Okay, that's for me, but he's got to understand himself from God that he's in God's will. Because I can't impose God's will on him. I can be confirmation of God's will. He can be flowing where he's at and say, Pastor, I'm just wondering if I'm in God's will and I feel like this is what God's called me to do. So so and so, Pastor, what do you think? Yes, you're in God's will. That's confirmation of what he feels that God showed him. He's following. If God has a will and he does, he wants you to know it. And he wants you to be responsible for it. And you can be sure that he won't hide it. It's all right here in this. But you've got to read it. it read, read the Amplified Version. Read the, read the, the um, in New Living Translation. I love the New Living Translation. There's a lot of my stuff is from that. It really makes a lot of sense. And, and it's, very, it's very biblical. and very, very, It stays, stays in, con, in, in, in context. And if you're really, really, you're like, I don't, I have reading comprehension. I don't understand it. I hate it. I hate to read it. I don't like nothing. I don't, I don't do not, no, 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 no. I just can't. I can't, can't. Start off with the message. The message is a paraphrase. At least you're into word. It's a paraphrase. It's like a book and you can start there. And then that, then God will create a hunger for you. And then you can move over to this, but start somewhere. Do, do something. Don't just not do it. First Timothy two, four says, who wants everyone to be saved? And understand the truth. That's what God, Jesus, Jesus does. God does. God wants us all to be saved and understand the truth. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances. Oh, here we go. This is a direct, direct from the word of God. For this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. You want to know God's will? Be thankful. Be grateful. Don't begrudge. Be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 4.3. God's will is for you to be holy. That's not a dress code. That is a lifestyle. He wants you to live a life of holiness, pleasing unto him. But there's seven, seven roadblocks to, to being in God's will. One is you can't be critical in being God's will. Because you're going to think, now you're going to be very critical about it and everything's not going to be right. You can't be jealous and be in God's will. You can't be unteachable in being God's will. You can't brag on yourself all the time. I think you're just a, the, the bomb.com. Always self-indulgent. Always about you. You're never going to be want to be in God's will. Because once you become in God's will, it's all about him and not about you no more. And you can get offended by that. When people start looking at you and saying, man, I see God working through you. That's all about God. That's not about you. That doesn't please your flesh. I want it to be about me. I want you to tell me I did a good job, not God, right? You're always angry. You're always in conflict. You can't be in God's will. 
If you're bitter and you can't get over stuff, you're not going to be in God's will. If you're rebellious and I do it my way, you, you can't, you can't, you're not in God's will. And lastly, God's will is found in God's word. His principle, God's will will never contradict this. Never. Because we know that God will work all things out for the good for those who love him called according to his purpose. Man, that was a ton of information for you today. That was a lot of word for you today. You know, a lot of times I, I love topics, but today was a lot of the word, a lot of practical things. Please look at this, share this, share it with somebody. Go back and watch it again. We can take notes and write this down because everybody, everybody in here, want, what's God's will for my life, Pastor? Well, look, I just told you how to find that. I can't tell you what it is, but when you find it, God can confirm it through me. God can say, hey, Pastor, this right here, they're flowing in, the, they're flowing in God's will right now. Or God will give me a check. I've told people, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not really feeling this right now. I don't feel like this is what God has for you. I'm not telling you that you're not in God's will. I'm telling you that as a pastor, the feeling that I have, I don't feel like this is, this is for you right now. And I have to do that because I'm the shepherd and I want to I love my sheep. And if I love my sheep, I can't tell you, oh, you're right. And I know you're wrong the whole time. Now, is pastor always right? Absolutely not. But when I say that, you can be assured when I stand before God, I'll be accountable for what I just said. So when I say something, i got to be careful about what I say and throwing that weight around of what I say Pastor says that God says because therefore God will judge me for that. And I pray that through today you've got some kind of sense and that you will understand God's word more and that you will begin to read his word more and pray more. You'll be able to look at some things and see some things differently. And God's open his eyes up to you. Open your eyes up to him and you'll be able to receive God's will in your life and maybe you haven't been seeking God's will. You're just living a Christian life. You're doing good. You're like, but God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Maybe what God's will for you is right in here in this, in, in this church. Helping out, starting off. There might be a whole, well, there is a whole lot more. But starting off, maybe it's being a greeter, being an usher, or helping, you know, with the food truck coming up, or helping, you know, whatever it may. There's all kind of, they've got all kind of things to do around here. And we need you. And maybe that's where you need to start your will. Or maybe you already own your will, but then this is a piece that's missing that can help you do more. Would you bow your hand close your eyes? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would help every one of us know your will. Your will be done, not mine, Father. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will that you have for us on earth, in heaven, let it be here on earth for us. Let us walk in your will. Let us seek your will. Let us, Lord, just try our very best to do everything that we can do to be in your will, to seek your face, to do right, to live right, to make a difference. Help us to crucify our flesh, God. Help us to kill our old man, our old woman, and put that new man or new woman on. And when the enemy comes in, God, like a flood, you'll come and help us. You're going to be with us. And if we're seeking you, God, we will find you. Nobody who seeks you, Lord, 
never not find you. Because you don't hide yourself from us. You want us to find you. You want us to be in your will. And Lord, whoever's in this room that feels like they just they, they want, they love you, God, they care for you, they desire you, they want to be in your will, but they feel like they're not right now, God, just because the enemy's lying to them and their flesh is lying to them. Let this message today be confirmation in their heart that I'm doing the best I can and that I'm walking in God's will right now and I want to keep seeking his will so I can continue to do what he's called me to do. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. You're a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God. We love you so much.